Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the first real spring training edition of the True Blue LA Dodgers podcast. Eric, games have started. Are you excited? I am, uh, it, mostly because, uh, so I guess my my spring, I know your spring plans have been sort of set in stone for a while. Um, mine got fined. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to be there in Arizona next week, going out for about a week uh, for SB Nation and you're going to be there for part of that time, so uh, we'll be able to see each other. But, uh, yes, games have started. Uh, you know, look, the games don't count. I'm rooting for a tie all the time. Uh, <laughs> that, But the fact that, you know, there's, like, baseball on, it's pretty cool, um, even even if uh, whatever sort of uh, watered-down, like, version this is, it's, it's still pretty cool. But, yeah, happy that spring's here and happy that things are sort of uh, – starting to move a little bit in terms of like well hot so even officially starts the first week of spring training i'm not sure if you're aware of that but every everyone knows <laughs> like look there's like still dozens of actual capable free agent players available they should all be in camp but they're they're waiting uh to find homes so including interesting. one Inter- Bryce very Harper. interesting yeah so right before we we have a whole show notes that does not include the name bryce harper probably for the first time ever uh, in the last three or four right. months. And we were very set to not complain about the Dodgers not doing anything. And then news came out this morning, I think, maybe last night. I, while yeah, I, was I think sleeping, it was Sunday that. night. Okay. So yes, I was still exact asleep. Same thing for me. <laughs> uh, so w- what did we find out, Eric? Well, so first of all, like everyone was stunned uh, how amazing the uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper performance of <laughs> Shallow was at the Oscars. And they've clearly done it. Uh, I think it's the over, <laughs> overwhelming uh, takeaway from that. The best tweet but, I saw, and I, I can't, I do not recall who said it, but it was a sc- screenshot of them. And then uh, it was, a star is born in nine months. That, I saw that, and I, I, I laughed very heartily at that. <laughs> uh, that, that, was a, that was a sensual performance. It was very good. Uh, I really liked that movie, and that was, that was fun. Anyway, Josh, Josh Billison um, was wow. the original tweeter. Okay, nice. Okay. 
Uh, I, in fact, I, I, I don't think I retweeted it. I think I liked it. Uh, so maybe I'll include it in the show notes because it's clearly relevant. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, while that was happening, um, you know, uh, the Dave Roberts, who had, who managed a game on Sunday, uh, uh, the Dodgers beat the Angels. They, uh, they have failed to tie twice in their first two games. Uh, and then, but instead of being in Glendale, Arizona um, on Sunday night, he, along with Andrew Friedman and I think maybe Stan Kasten, uh, were in Las Vegas um, uh, meeting with one Bryce Harper uh, and who hasn't signed yet. Like, like the, this is like this whole thing we sort of talk about, like all these players are available and like um, the asking price is outrageous or, or you know, it's, it's a long term deal. The Dodgers have shown they don't want to do that. But the fact that they're like still out there, he's still out there. You gotta like check in, right? Like to just see, um, you know, where where you're at. And so, I, it sounds like that's what this was. But um, wh- like, I guess first of all, before we sort of get into it, where, uh, how did you sort of receive the news? I literally woke up to a text of you saying we have a new <laughs> thing to talk about, and I went, "Huh, I should check." MLB trade rumors or something and see what this situation is. And then so I, I slept in today cause uh, my, my family does a big Oscar party. I was in charge of the balloting system. I, it was a, it was a long couple of nights, me fixing bugs on that and that piece of software. So I slept in. And so by the time I had woken up the updates from Rosenthal and a few others that, Hey, the Dodgers are still only seeking a short term contract. The Phillies seem to only be the one offering 10 or whatever, how many years. So, my initial reaction was maybe more tempered than others that initially just got the news of, you know, three of the biggest Dodgers brass flew out. And I think that's the interesting thing, because if you were just checking in, couldn't you just, you know, call up and say, hey, 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 how, what's the numbers at? Um, right. Or, or like, yeah, call. call. Yeah. Like, <laughs> An the, email. The import- <laughs> like what, what lends importance to credence to this is look, it, by no means it doesn't sound like a deal is close to done really anywhere with Harper. Um so this is just sort of part of the process, but the fact that like, um, you know, the manager goes to a meeting like in between games, like he's managing again today, that's weird. And it, it is a short flight from, um, uh, Las, or to, from Glendale or Phoenix to, um, uh, Las Vegas, but, and they're on a private plane, but it's still like, that's an inconvenience, you know, mm-hmm. like to sort of do that, like that there's something there like there, you know, and the fact that Harper hasn't signed yet, it sounds like they're like, maybe he doesn't really want to go to Philadelphia, which seems that's, to be the rumored sort of place. So everyone's checking in like, Hey, if you don't want to go there, what about this? You know, like, <laughs> so it sounds like that's what they're at. But uh, back to your Oscar party. Uh, oh. Do you do anything like, do you name food? Uh, do you name hors d'oeuvres? Do you have like theme things? Or so what do you, we normally do. do? Uh, this was a, a tough year. None of the movies really mm-hmm. lended themselves to, obvious food or drink to us like we kept trying and none of them really stood out so i did do one i did um it was a delicious punch recipe from the good people at dead rabbit a bar in new york uh it's an irish punch but we named it the the favorite poisoned tea because it has tea in the punch so nice no that was the uh, only one though. i don't know i don't know if you follow demi at on twitter but he had sort of an oscar party at his place and uh First of all, he tweet he made like a bunch of fake posters uh, that were Muppet themed, mm-hmm. um, where he like sort of redid like mo- I think most of the Best Picture nominees plus a few others, um, basically in Muppet like so Roma was Grova, 
and it was just Grover, like in, in that movie poster style. And uh, there were just a bunch of them, uh, like, uh, what uh, was it? A star is pork, and it was just uh, <laughs> Miss Piggy and Kermit. Like it was funny, it, but anyway, uh, he had a, he tweeted out a picture of like a bunch of his uh, hors d'oeuvres, and they were all, he basically had all the best picture nominees and and some others uh, like in sections. Like uh, you know, this was I forget I, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't. But I just thought that was funny. But um, that is what we normally do. We try to do best picture, and then like if there was one that got snubbed, we'll sneak it in there. But our creative juices were not flowing in the, uh, the yeah. food department this year. I only saw um, a Star Is Born. I think of the Best Picture nominees. I was last year was bad for me. I, I just got out of the habit of of seeing a bunch of movies. I in the last few years, I had made a point to see most of the nominated films. Like you know, just as a like you know, oh like this guy. I mean, I haven't seen this. I'll, I'll try to go just try to get them all in. But like yeah, this this last year I was so it was kind of like uh, like little not bittersweet but like just like i was just sort of a more of a uh outsider spectator last night more than anything because i didn't see a bunch of the movies well roma's on the netflix so you can go fire up your netflix oh and then also um uh period end of sentence one the uh where the the, yeah right and then and the one of the creators was like uh Finally, uh, uh, the Oscars is talking about menstruation. I forget exactly what her words was, but it was great. But yeah, Joe Davis, uh, Dodgers announcer, his brother was one of the co-producers and like I think the main cinematographer on that um, documentary. And so he's an Oscar winner now. So good for him. Uh, that's the one. That's a talented family. Bunch I, of jerks. Um, I think it speaks to the yeah. fact that we're willing to kind of go from Harper to the Oscars on how. How much weight, at least I am putting on this Harper news? Like it's exciting. I think the Dodgers went from like one percent to two percent with this news in my mind. I still, I still don't. The Dodgers have clearly shown they do not like long-term deals. Period. They want flexibility four years from now. They want to be able to have that in their fifth-year plan. Fifth year have basically no expensive players on it, and I, it, I find it difficult to imagine that if Philly has that ten, eleven. 11 year deal which they seem to have that he would turn that down for even whatever 40 50 million a year for two or three years and you know retest free agency then uh, i have been wrong before it could happen but i i give it no credence i don't know about you uh, yeah, i still think it, like two i'm capped at five percent possibility uh i would say like the fact that like roberts was there yeah it, like, it's interesting like, for sure. yeah i would say it's more than five percent but at Ooh. the same time like yeah, six. but like, <laughs> yeah, right. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it's six and a half, idiot. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's probably like, like between like twenty five and thirty percent or something okay. like that. Like, okay. I, I, who knows? I hear, but um, so here's how I found out. Like, I, I probably fell asleep. I think around eleven or something. It was between like eleven and midnight. I don't know when. I'm usually, I usually like if I can't fall asleep. Uh, I'll listen to like a podcast or something, uh, and I'll some my phone's just like by the bed or so. I think last, last night it was like on the bed, and I woke up like laying on my phone somehow, like in the middle of the night, and like I couldn't find where my phone was, and I reached it. Oh, it's right like under my back. Okay, but anyway, it was like four a.m. and I'm like, well, I'm up. I'm just gonna check Twitter really quick, and I'm like wait what Vegas like and so I think this broke like somewhere in that like 11 to midnight range but I just never saw it 
Um, and then, so I think Jesse Sanchez had the news that the Dodgers were in Vegas. Um, Jeff Passan reported that the Dodgers met with, um, they quote unquote re-engaged. They didn't meet, but re-engaged with Harper like two weeks ago. But which, what, what everyone's kind of saying is that like what you said is they're, they're interested in a short-term deal uh, rather than a long-term deal. And they're just sort of gauging interest. And then, uh, we're, when we're recording this now, Dave Roberts already sort of had his pre or pre like morning media session with the the media there in, in Arizona, and he acknowledged the meeting. And he said it was the Dodgers' first meeting with Harper. So you, just given what he said, like this all sort of plays out. But that's sort of where we're at right now. Um, but just to give this a little more of a backstory, like since we recorded. Uh, last week, Manny Machado picked a team. He signed with the Padres of all teams. Like that's who I thought. We, we knew they you were know, interested. <laughs> yeah, and so we knew they were interested, right? Like, uh, but it, it seemed to be like it was always like White Sox or Phillies, and like the fact that he had like such a small market made it possible for like the Padres to swoop in. And he got the big deal. He got ten years, three hundred million. So like, you you have to figure at some point. Scott Boris and Bryce Harper are going to be like, we got to beat that 300 million or at least get close to it or, or something. Um, so, and it, it seems like now that every, everyone's sort of zeroing in like in the last week or so on the Phillies. And I will say from a selfish content standpoint, um, although I could just write more later, but I already <laughs> wrote like this, like uh, I think something like 1100 words for SB Nation on like how uh, uh, Harper's signing like affects or like sort of completes their po- their uh, off season and like how, how he fits and what the gains were and so like if if I don't get to publish that I'm going to be mad because I'm selfish so um, <laughs> but uh, so but the fact is like every everything seems to be like uh, zeroing in on Harper and the Phillies um, but maybe like a we're at a point where the Phillies a don't want to go to ten years three hundred million or something. Their uh, Matt Klentak, their GM, when when asked about Machado, not that they value both players the same way, but he was specifically quoted after Machado signed with the Padres, said, "Our our valuation of the player wasn't that high. I don't have the exact quote, but it was like, look, we're not going that high for him. And it's like, if they're not going to go that for Machado, why would they do it for Harper? So you could see where there's sort of this like, um, maybe Harper's not going to get the ten years in Philly, but maybe he gets eight. Um, or something like that, and then maybe Harper wasn't overwhelmed by the Phillies, or like he's seeing his options, and then the Giants are still sort of interested. I think Hank Shulman said he he believes their off the offer on the table from the Giants is quote unquote long term, but he didn't have the total number of years. Um, I forgot if it was Passan or Rosenthal this morning said something like um, the Giants and Dodgers are both interested in short term deals, so. Uh, but I, who knows, but I think, um, it would be interesting because you could see the deal where maybe the Dodgers, I was sort of playing around with this in my head and, um, you know, if it's short term with a high average or a high number to like sort of coax him to not take a long-term deal, you have to figure he has to get like 35 million a year, probably, you know, yeah, yeah, if not more. And so I, in my head, like I had sort of come up with like, so four years, 140, just as a placeholder, right? So it's mm-hmm. 35 million a year, but it's really like an eight year, $160 million deal. So like, I don't, I, I, we haven't really come to the point where like a team has 
brazenly like uh, front loaded a deal like this um, to like get around MLB's loss. But I, I was thinking something like five million dollars salaries in the last four years, and so with uh, with an opt out after year four. So it's like twenty million against the luxury tax, but it's really thirty-five million a year for four years. So um, that's what I have in my head. I have no idea what the Dodgers offer is, but that would be sort of a fun, creative, like little way. But I will say this: where the Dodgers are at, um, it doesn't really matter what they sign Harper for. If they sign Harper, like no matter what the deal they give him, he, they're going to go over the luxury tax. But that's also fine. Like it's not a hard cap. It's just they have to pay like 20% on the overage, which is totally doable. <laughs> like, um, but so, uh, yeah, it's weird, but like, uh, you can sort of see, I would, I would imagine that's sort of where their, their head is at, uh, you know, in all this. And, uh, yeah, any offer from the Dodgers, you know, will have a gazillion opt-outs, right? Like assuming, assuming they stick to the, we only do short-term plans, which I, uh, short-term deals, which I would expect. That's the deal, right? Like, hey, you get to break the AAV record, and then you have an opt-out after a year or two, and then you'll, you're still 27-28. Go get yourself another big deal when maybe you have a team that's not the Phillies who need an outfielder and are willing to spend a gazillion dollars. Yeah, and, like, when they say short-term, like, does what does mean, that like, mean? <laughs> two years, two years, 80 million or something like that, you know? <laughs> who, who knows? But, like, maybe that's what they're sort of going over right now. But it would be um, – whatever – I just imagine it would be super creative. I, it was funny with the Padres. Like, they're not, you know, obviously not up against the luxury tax or anything. But I just they're, – they're, like, basic – their contract to Machado was, like, the most straightforward. Like, yeah. it's, it's basically <laughs> $30 million every single year. It, this year he actually gets ten million, but he also got a twenty million dollars signing bonus, so it's literally thirty million every year. So it's like the easiest, you know. There's no one like, opt out right? escalators. Yeah. Oh right, he he can opt out after five years. So like, yeah, I think you're gonna see that. Like I know Jason Hayward a couple years ago got two, so maybe there'll be a deal with like two. But you could see like uh, either uh, an opt out after a certain year, maybe two opt outs, or then like maybe a player option. So it counts as guaranteed money, but it's really like just a way to like, uh, lower the luxury tax number. Who knows? But yeah. Uh, and you figure Harper's bound to sign somewhere relatively soon because we are in spring training and like, he wants to sort of get a start on the, you know, getting ready for the season. So, I don't think it's going to drag on too much longer, but the fact that the sort of Dodgers are sort of uh, the market has sort of come back to them, I guess probably is the best way to put it. Maybe this is just a way to like um, for, for Boris and them to like get Philadelphia to act like maybe Philadelphia is like, we can't let this guy get away. And they just make the 10 year offer or whatever. And they get him. Um, so, and that's, that's probably still the most likely outcome of all this, but uh, it, it, the, the fact that the Dodgers are sort of back in it is sort of newsworthy, at least to me. So uh, it would be funny because now that, that we're going to both be there next week, uh, it would be funny if they do sign Harper this week just to like sort of uh, get the timing down with uh, with our visits to Arizona. I, it would make sense. The, and they'll, well, they'll, you know, they'll have the private meeting with you and I, and maybe we'll get them on the podcast. Wouldn't that be nice? That's why. That's why he's turning down Philly. He wants on the True Blue LA podcast. He we he knows we would not interview a Phillies player. Well, and here's the deal too. You figure um, he'll have time to do such a podcast it, since you um, since he's coming on late. 
he probably is not going to be in the ping pong tournament. So, Ooh. like, he Maybe. just he'll have all his free time. So, yeah, you know, they'll probably add him. Like, yeah. they're, they're going to be like, sorry, sorry, Daniel Corsino, you're out. Like, do a, a, who, who knows? Well, I would we... like to see the, the short term deal, though. That would be kind of amazing. Like, like a really create like a two year, $80 million deal or something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm in. Sure. Why not? Sure. So, the, uh, you, we have some notes that we wrote this weekend uh, to huh. talk about uh, less exciting news with the 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 player the Dodgers actually are spending a gazillion dollars are Clayton Kershaw, uh, not not so healthy. Yeah, and so we sort of go to this one one story of like a thirty million dollar player who has who is like we don't know who's going to sign where he's going to sign. We just know the Dodgers might get him. And now we go to a player who's like a $30 million player who we know the Dodgers have, but also might not be like around for a little bit, like, or he's just sort of like taking a step back and uh, who knows. But yeah, so Clayton Kershaw, um, we sort of know a little more about uh, what's going on. I think he, well, it's, it's his shoulder, his left shoulder, basically. But so a lot has basically happened in the last week since we recorded. Uh, so he was named the opening day starter, which will be his ninth opening day start. That'll be a Dodger record. Um, so, but then like within like a day of that, he had, he threw a bullpen session. Or sorry, I'm sorry, he threw a live uh, live batting practice and then a bullpen session and last week, and both of them were like uh, just didn't feel right. Uh, and then, so they were, he was sort of given a day off and then sort of shut, not shut down completely, but he has, he didn't really pitch for a while. Um, and everyone was sort of going back and forth on this and like, what, what's, what's going, what, what's going to happen. And then now it comes out that it's his shoulder. Uh, everyone's sort of downplaying it right now, but there's a lot of reasons to like, sort of be like, um, skeptical just given his history and all this stuff. But so that's where we're at. Like. He was named the opening day starter, but um, I will say this. I Oh, man, I, I should have had this up by the time we were recording, but I'll, I'll pull it up really quick. But, um, yeah, like we, we put out a poll, right? Like So he's named the opening day starter, so that's March 28th. Uh, so I put it out to Twitter yesterday, so it's basically like an hour or uh, about 24 hours worth of uh, poll results, and uh, we got a number of – uh, people responding, and I, I basically asked, "When do you think Clayton Kershaw is going to make his first start um, uh, of the season? And like, will it, will it be on March 28th, or will it be sometime after?" And I think the results were overwhelmingly sometime after. I'm going to pull this up really quick, but um, just to get you the exact results. It was like it was running like 60 40 uh, for the longest time. And why isn't it not going? Okay, so the final results, we've got uh, 606 votes, 56% say sometime later than opening day, and 44% say he'll make that opening day start. So wh- where do you sort of fall on that spectrum? I uh, I, I know where you do, so I'm going to just ca- contradict you, I think. Uh, but I think this would, yeah. I, I think he makes that start. And, um, I, th- yeah. I think he makes that start. Now, does he go five innings? I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, they're I not going to start him if yeah. he's not ready. Uh, but, I mean, I think you could make an argument if he's, like, at that tail end of recovery that just for right. the keeping the streak alive or whatever, if he can pitch three innings, he'll pitch three innings. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, 
I I am to a fault optimistic when it comes to these things to try and get my my hope up. Yeah. And but the fact that because when it first came out, they were like, oh, maybe it's dead arm or something like that. And now they're like, oh no, it's the shoulder. And shoulders outside of elbows are kind of that's scary territory and the territory that you kind of want to take your time with. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I, I'm on the anti side. I think I don't think he's going to make the opening day start, but there's there, he certainly still can. Like that's the company line right now is that, oh yeah, Kershaw is still going to make the opening day start. Every like Robert said it, Kershaw said it, uh, Friedman said it. Like so they're completely downplaying everything right now. So just at their at their at face value, that's sort of what we're planning for or whatever. Uh, I, I don't think they would have him start opening day if he can't go like five innings. So I think he has to be built up. So okay. just okay. sort of backing into that, right? I, I don't have without like um, putting like the Dodger schedule in front of me. Uh, March twenty eighth is opening day. You know, it's earlier than most years, given the new sort of schedule format. So if you just and like even factoring in a couple, like let's say a, a couple of extra rest uh, in between starts days. So it's not just every five days. So if you back it out, you give him like, let's say the 22nd is a start, the 17th, the 12th, and then like the 6th. And then that means he would be ready to start by like the 28th. Like we're recording this on the 25th. He just played light catch today. So if if he were to start on the like February 28th and then to to build up for he only would have five starts. So that's probably enough to like build up. Uh, in, to start for opening day, but like I don't think he's 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 not there's not he's not going to be close to starting February 28th, uh, which is Thursday this week. So uh, he just he literally just played like light catch this morning, so it was it was not much to it. Uh, so he basically ha- has time to only make like four starts if he's like fully healthy um, in spring training. So I that's why I think he's gonna they're gonna slow play it a little bit or like let him let him build up. But like not rush him for opening day, so I, I that's where I sort of go on the anti. Uh, so that, that's probably where I'm at on that. Okay, uh, how what what confidence you you like making up meaningless right. percentages? How much confidence do you have behind that? So okay, I, I'll just I'll put this in the form of like percent that he starts opening day. I would say it's like um, uh, like. Wow. So you would be surprised if he starts opening day. I would be at this point, just given what he's gone through, what he's gone through the last few years or whatever. Like um, before, before I get into sort of um, what his sort of history is just that I'll give you the timeline because I I was doing a lot of uh, reading, uh, not being there is weird, but you, you know, you're sort of catching up by proxy with like Bill Plunkett and Ken Garnick and, and, uh, um, Jorge Castillo, who's uh, who are all in um, Arizona, but uh, so he had the live bullpen session last Monday, which is the day we recorded our podcast. But this was after that, and like Russell Martin caught him, and he and Russell Martin in the interviews like, oh, it was classic Kershaw. He's ultra competitive and all this, and we know now that like Kershaw after that was like, man, I didn't feel so good, <laughs> and so you know you just get. You know, take take all this with a grain of salt is what I'm saying. But um, Wednesday he um, he threw a bullpen, uh, and then I guess Thursday he got he was given the day off, just totally off, uh, because he didn't quote unquote didn't feel right. I think is what Dave Roberts said. Um, 
Friday. Reporters ask him about it, and he's like, I don't, I'm not going to be super – I'm quoting this um, from – this is from Bill Plunkett's article. This is Kershaw. I'm not going to be super specific right now, but I should uh, be playing catch in the next few days and kind of go from there. This is super early. I just want to make sure things are right. And like uh, you know, like I said, give him the benefit of the doubt on that. He, If that's true and he has the time to make those five starts, he's probably fine, but – I was skeptical. But uh, then we go to Saturday, Rick Honeycutt, who missed the first part of spring training because he had back surgery. And he was in like a back brace like only a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I guess he said something like his doctor told him to not – he didn't want him to go to uh, Arizona for like two more weeks or something because just to let it heal. And he, I guess he, uh, Honeycutt like saw the, the video of Kershaw's live BP that he said he didn't feel right about. Um and he's like, like f this, I gotta get down there. <laughs> so, and he, and Honey gets like talking to reporters Saturday, and he 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 said, uh, you could just uh, it it, just, it wasn't. Oh, he said it wasn't like you could see anything that jumped out of the video to say something isn't right, and um, not that you could see something mechanically that's the issue. And he said, but then the the telling quote was, it's more I think what's going on inside the joint right now. Which is that was like the first time anyone mentioned that it was his shoulder. Roberts mentioned dead arm and all this before, and Kershaw like never really talks about his injuries. So I would I just imagine that what, once Honeycutt like said that like publicly, like Kershaw had to be like fuming internally. That that was by, <laughs> um, so then it had to be addressed Sunday, uh, the morning sort of the daily briefing with Roberts, and he specified yeah it's his left shoulder. Said he's been feeling better. He speculated that. Um, you know, per, there some of the reporters, Ken Gernick, uh, MLB.com, and uh, others. Uh, Robert speculated that, uh, you know, maybe he's maybe, I think he was asked this. I didn't, I don't know the back and forth of this, but uh, he said maybe it was a result of Kershaw trying to sort of compensate for velocity or increase his velocity during the offseason, and that sort of contributed to it, which is another, like, another, like, look, it's, it'd be good to have his velocity come back, but. Like if he's like if he injures himself trying to do it, that's like that's not productive. So like, <laughs> this is not good. But um, Kersh- or Robert said yesterday also hasn't had an MRI Kershaw and like does, I guess not needed one, uh, and he's still gonna um, start opening day. So that that's sort of where the team is at. Andrew Friedman was on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, he he basically said the same thing like. Um, he said he threw the live BP and it didn't go as well as he, he was playing. He liked, so he went to the pen and threw more. Um, and then, like, he was downplaying it too. He said, We don't, don't expect it to be anything of note. We're being conservative right now, that kind of stuff. So that's sort of where we're at. Um, like I said, if, you know, they very well could be right, but he's going to start opening day. I just, but I, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of where we're at. I'm excited for you to be wrong. Well, exactly. So, my, um, but just as as a reminder, so Kershaw hasn't like um, actually had like a shoulder problem. You know, on he's had he's been on the DL uh, a total of five times in the last five years, and it's actually four of the last five years he went on the DL twice last year. None of it was for a shoulder injury, although he had. Um, uh, when he had the Terrace major strain in 2014, that was upper back. So it's like, it's all kind of related, you know, to the shoulder, but you know, it's hard linking things up. But he's missed a lot of time, like in the last, you know, few years. Um, the last three years, he's, 2015, he didn't go on the DL. 
Uh, but the last three years, he's missed like a month every year, basically, or more. Um, so the last um, – uh, he hasn't made more than 27 starts since 2015, 200 innings once in the last five years. The last three years, he's averaged 25 starts, 162 innings. So he's going to miss time this year. I just think that's the thing. But, like, if he can still – be like effective uh, and be like as good as he was say this last year in those 162 innings or whatever, that's still like, I think they would completely take that hoping that he's like healthy for October. Um, so it is, we talked about the velocity last year was 91.4 miles per hour. His average fastball four seam for Brooks baseball over his career. He's basically like two, two miles, two and a half miles higher than that. Uh, and then, in 2017 alone, he was 93.2. So he lost about two miles an hour off the fastball. And that's a huge thing because there's a difference in the slider, uh, you know, not much, not as much of a gap and it makes him less effective overall. Uh, teams can like sort of sit on that and, and, and sort of pummel him that way. But um, yeah, the, so this is all like very concerning because like a, you, you'd think like, you, you know, Kershaw wants to get like, uh, improve and like sort of not necessarily that he has to gain the velocity back, but the fact that he possibly tried and, and possibly got hurt doing so, that's troubling and it sort of forebo- uh, you know, foretells like this bad, it's like a bad omen basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Do we have any? Oh, I just, or... oh no, more, more noob and gloom. No, no, no. Um, just, uh, I would, uh, Buster only speaking of the innings thing. The uh, Kershaw's odometer is still pretty, like, you know, well-worn. I mean, just relative to, like, other pitchers. So uh, Buster only tweeted this thing out. Uh, most innings, uh, regular season and postseason combined through age 30 season. So Kershaw turned 30 last year. So in, in, in the last 30 years. So basically, like, the last three decades, um, the most innings playoff regular season combined through the age 30 season. CC Sabathia, 24-41. Number two is Felix Hernandez, 24-15. They've all had, like, um, <clears throat> either, like, some sort of arm problems or, um, or injuries in their 30s and are, were definitely less effective than they were. And then Kershaw's third at 22-48. So a little bit behind those guys, but still there's a lot of innings on those arms, on that arm. And so you can sort of see where the wear and tear comes in. But, yeah, uh, so I, I would just – I would put this at, like, a pretty high level of concern right now. Um, but we'll see. Um, we, I just, you know, you know, Kershaw's going to miss time at some point. It's just who he is right now. But is it going to be right at the beginning of the season? That's that's going to be weird. Now I have a couple happier, sort of non sequitur <laughs> notes. Just some, yeah, some oddballs. I did not read this article. You linked it to me, and I haven't read it yet. But it, just the notes you have it make me really, really want to read it. You just called it the Singrani article. Yeah, so like uh, I'll just say this: uh, a praise uh, goes to Ken Gurnick, who has, you know, covered the Dodgers for the better part of like forty years. Um, he had a few other things in between, but for the most part, he's been covering the Dodgers for four decades. So um, he is like the the absolute like to me the definition of a baseball beat writer. Like he is the most nose to the grindstone. Um, hardest working, like thorough, um, beat writer, like I've ever seen. Like he, he cranks out stories all the time. Uh, he knows, like, like I consider myself, like when, when I'm, when I was covering the team, especially, uh, I would know like so much minutia about like, you know, 
you know, no one cares about like the, the fringe guys on the 40 man roster in terms of like people covering the team. No one, I was usually the only guy who asked about those. Gurnick was always like there. He, he, he would know like, um, uh, about, he, he would be the only one who had like interest in that too. Like, so he was on it, um, uh, things like that. But like, just if someone threw like a bullpen or like didn't go out to do like a, t- a workout, he's always, he's, his eyes are always on, on something. So he always knows about it. Um, and so he's great. And then in spring training, like he'll, he'll like, he goes around and, you know, tries to, I think, you know, he talks to everybody, um, but every once in a while, he'll find this like great nugget uh, for like a spring training. Uh, the way the stories go, because you're not necessarily reporting on games. Uh, some of it you are, but like there's you know there's different stories and things like that. But uh, you have to find angles and things like that. So he has this profile of Tony Singrani, uh, who's like a he's a pretty relatively quiet. Or he just doesn't share a ton uh, from my experience. But he, every once in a while he does. But he he's pretty unique guy. Um, so, um, I, he, I'll just say this. So the, the, the gist of the article is that two things, um, Tony Singrani climbed Mount Kilimanjaro this last year, this last off season. Like you do. And yeah. And he lives in a van, uh, in the forest in LA. Uh, <laughs> so forest? We can I'll just, I would just want to give you, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes, but, um, he basically went, went with some friends, uh, he said he had uh, never been higher than like eight or 9,000 feet, so he panicked a little bit. He said, my buddy trained for eight months. I did nothing. But another friend who lives at altitude said I'd be fine. He said, I expected <laughs> it to be difficult, but the way up was super easy. I was never out of breath, just walking at the guide's pace. It was pretty fun. So he, they, there was like a group of them, and they went up. And I think it, uh, I think it took like six days or something to go up, and then two, two days to go back down. It's... Um, uh, 19,341 feet to the summit and they went, they went up the, the path or whatever. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. But then the, the, just the, um, that Ken like drops this stuff in here. And then, uh, uh, he, he mentioned that like, uh, he, <laughs> he, so he lives like outside somewhere like in a forest, like outside of LA and like, um, He's always been like a big outdoorsman or whatever. Um, but just I'll just give you the quote at the end that Singrani sort of described uh, when Ken asked him about like uh, living in the van. He goes, yeah, in the forest. It's free. At the ballpark, I get three meals, a shower, then it's 20 minutes to the forest. It's not a campground. I wake up and I'm in a forest. I brush my teeth and go to the ballpark. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's pretty awesome. That's so nice. like, look. Yeah, Singrani had like shoulder surgery last year, and you know they're hoping he comes back. He was really good when he was not uh, injured. So if he's healthy, and like, look, if if it takes him like living in a forest uh, to like feel at ease or whatever, or or Pitwell, like, oh, I'm all for it. So good for him. I, that, that's been the most the best story of the spring so far, at least most interesting. So so good on good on Ken for finding it, and it, it was very fun. Last bit of news before we get to Dodgers Rewind. The 2019 baseball prospectus is out, is coming out, is out. Is it out? Is can out. I buy this? Yeah. I can buy it. Yes. Should I buy it right it's now? Shipping, it, it is shipping now. Uh, I forgot to mention it last week. I think it was shipping last Monday. I just, I just forgot. Um, but yeah, so the reason I'm bringing it up because I, for the first time ever, I wrote the Dodger essay in there. So That's pretty exciting. proud of that. As you yeah, it's be. pretty cool. 
yeah, it was really cool. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. But there's like Nick Offerman wrote the Cubs essay. So like uh, <laughs> there, there's like there's a lot of really talented writers and I wrote it for it too. So uh, no, it's cool. Like it's 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 like a huge book. Um, you know, it's like a staple every year and uh, very happy to be a part of it. So yeah, if you if you happen to get it, uh, let me know what you think. It, I thought it was cool. So yeah, uh, are we, pretty are proud we gonna of have it. a link to that in the show notes. Uh, I will link to yeah. You can buy. It. I think Amazon. Our listen, all our listeners need to buy it. So yeah, I don't think I. Well, I'm sure they'll be happy with like higher uh, sales, but like I don't. I don't think I get paid anymore. So like you know, you don't have to buy it. No, I'm just kidding. You, you, you yes, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You do. You're not allowed to listen to the podcast yeah. unless you buy it. That's true. We're going to give you a code if you buy it to <laughs> download the podcast. Did I mention we're going Patreon? No. <laughs> it's all, we're going to charge, what is it? What did we say? $50 a month per subscriber? I think that's fair. So, yeah. so next up. So lastly, Dodgers Rewind. I'm excited. Another player whose name I have heard and I know nothing about. Okay. I, I was going to, so you've actually heard the name before. I I, I have I, only because you, you know didn't. I you know I watch a lot of you know Dodgers game read a lot of Dodgers article and a name like uh name like this sticks out to me so yeah um so German Rivera um is our person today um I'll just give you the brief rundown he you know he he was very briefly a Dodger but uh still sort of memorable in a way like um so uh, he was signed uh, in, out of Puerto Rico at 17 uh, by Ralph Avila, who um, is the uh, father of uh, the Tigers GM, Al Avila, uh, and longtime Dodger scout. So like he's, he's been around forever. Um, I will just note, he, uh, German Rivera played, he, he played third base for the Dodgers, but in 1981, he played shortstop for Class A Lodi. Um, and he was teammates on that team with Stu Peterson, an, out- an outfielder who's Jock Peterson, the dead. Uh, That's and cool. Stu Peterson played, uh, I think 85 with the Dodgers, very, very cup of coffee. Um, and so sort of their, their contemporaries in a way, uh, like last week's, uh, Dodger rewind, Bruce Ellingson, uh, the, the Dodger, uh, Herman or German Rivera in, um, uh, the Rule 5 draft, this one in uh, December of 82, but the A's uh, did not have a seat and make the team. So he was returned to the Dodgers at the end of March in 83. So the Dodgers got to keep him, and that's sort of when he had his sort of big breakout year in AAA. He had 24 home runs. He drove in 103 for AAA Albuquerque. Uh, he had 328, 382, 540. Um, so, like, you know, this was a time when, like, look, we – I would say park adjustment – wasn't like a huge thing in baseball. Maybe Bill James was talking about it, but like um, there a lot of Dodgers were putting up a lot of big numbers in Albuquerque and like, you know, with mixed success, I would say when they came to the majors. So maybe there was some inflation going on where, you know, I don't, I'm not sure he was ever truly like a highly rated prospect, but like that was a big enough year to like, sort of be like, Oh, all right. This guy could be something. But I'll just say this. So I have the 84 media guide, and there, there's some boring stuff in the media guide. But um, just to give you an idea, he had a cup of coffee in, like, 1983. So this is all the media guide was sort of going on for his major league highlights. This was one of the highlights in, in the media guide. Quote, he hit a ground ball that was booted for an error to help the Dodgers tie a game in Cincinnati in the ninth inning on September 26th, a game the Dodgers would later win in the 10th. Like, <laughs> that's nice. one of his highly, 
to, yeah, but to be fair, he he was six for seventeen. So like he didn't have a ton of at bats. So like look, they they were scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, I thought that was funny, but yeah. So he he played the most for the Dodgers in '84. Um, he was like he he started seventy one games at third. He hit uh, in in like '84 and '85. Um, he 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 only played. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. '83 and '84 is when he played with the Dodgers. Uh, he hit 266, 328, 361. So didn't hit a ton. Uh, he, I'll say this: he was 14 innings shy of being the placeholder sort of regular third baseman, as defined by Baseball Reference. They, you know, when you look at a team page and you see like the, it's there's the starters, they're one 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 at each position, and like the rest, uh, they determine that by like the most defensive innings at each position. So Pedro Guerrero was the third baseman in 83 for the Dodgers, or in 84 for the Dodgers, and he had 14 more innings than um, than Rivera did. So he was almost immortalized as a quote-unquote starter on baseball reference. But um, his 1985 Topps card, which I have, I have like, I looked in my thing, I, I have like two or three of these. It's pretty funny. But at the bottom of the card, it says, played baseball and basketball at Lazaro High School in Puerto Rico. He lists his hobby as music. <laughs> so these are exciting times man uh remember what, so like, 80 I, for yeah. me it was the jumbotron like when dodgers had just like the barely a tv like shouldn't really put anything moving on it and yeah the players would always have that one random back and a lot of the times i was very underwhelmed like likes to play piano yeah. uh, it's like, okay cool i will say this uh josh spores now uh 40 man dodger uh, he was one of the uh, heavy rotation last year of like down on the farm uh, profiles that they would play <laughs> uh-huh, at Dodger Stadium, uh-huh. and man, he that was as boring a profile as you could ever find. <laughs> and he, he just like, what do you like? I like steak. You know, it's just like it was just like, <laughs> oh my god, it was it was. I felt bad that they just kept playing it over and over again because it was so boring. Uh, but now he spores like I think I've talked to him like he's well maybe he's not that boring but it's just like I felt bad for him because it's made him seem super boring but anyway back to German Rivera um, he didn't play in the majors for the Dodgers in 85 but he was traded in July they uh, acquired Enos Cabell from the Astros and he ended up like filling in at third and yeah I think the outfield a little bit um, but he was sent as the player to be named later uh, on July 15th to complete that trade so that sort of ended his time with the Dodgers. He only he played 13 games for the Astros that year, but he never played again in the majors. So um, he played a bunch in AAA. Like the next three years he spent in AAA, and then he was back in AAA with the Expos in 1990. In between, he was – in 1989, he played in Japan uh, for Kinetsu, the Kanetsu Buffaloes. Uh, he hit 25 home runs there. This was like a big thing. Um, you know, Cecil Fielder went over to Japan – and then came back and started clobbering home runs within the majors. So this was like seen as like a viable, more of a viable thing. Like maybe go establish yourself there, maybe come back. But not many people replicated the Cecil Fielder's success. So, um, but yeah, when he was in, when uh, German Rivera was in Japan, he was teammates with Masato Yoshi, who uh, about a decade later would pitch in the majors. Um, and then also Ralph Bryant, who is a, uh, an outfielder, like at that same time, another guy who had like some big years, um, in the minors and then didn't, he played in the outfield with the Dodgers from 85 to 87, didn't really play much. I think I have, he had a few baseball cards, but he barely played, um, the Ralph Bryant on the Kinetsu team that year hit 49 home runs. <laughs> so 
Now, maybe we should have done this on Ralph Bryant, come to think of it. <laughs> but no, German Rivera was the one in my head, so that's who we're going with. But yeah, that was kind of it for him, and then he was he was done. But yeah, so uh, if you ever are looking through your 1985 tops and you wait, who's this guy? It, uh, maybe 85 Donors too, but yeah, German Rivera, former Dodger, and that's today's Dodger rewind. Well, that ends a pretty full week after considering the last few the months of work we've had nothing to talk about. Uh, hopefully, Bryce Harper, if he, uh, if Bryce Harper signs after we release this, uh, maybe you and I can sneak like a ten minute, fifteen minute episode in. And, you know, if it's if he goes to the good team, because uh, you yeah, and I will be I, gone next week. We're both. Um, I'm in LA for a little bit, and then I'll be in Arizona. How? When do you head back from Arizona? Uh, I'm, I think both of my travel days are Mondays. So like March 4th, I'm driving out and then March 11th driving okay. back. So you, I, we, we will be there at the same time. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, I'm only going to one of the Dodger games. I'm going to, uh, the Friday night game against the Royals. So, and then I'm going to go to a few other parks to check those off my list. Yeah. And the next, I, I have a few things planned because I'm kind of hitting a few spots uh, some doing some interviews and stuff. So I haven't fully finalized my plan yet, but I, I think I'll be at that game, uh, the Friday game. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, so I think, um, yeah, you're right though. Like we're, we're going to end up like releasing this in a couple days. And then like you said, hopefully Bryce Harper hasn't signed by then because it was just not, <laughs> it wouldn't negate this, but it would just be funny. Like, but I think we sort of treated it with the, Look, we, this is all. This is where we're at. It doesn't mean the Dodgers are going to sign him, and it, even if it does, it could take a little bit. But who knows? No one really knows right now. But that's sort of the the fun of free agency. But the fact that it's sort of bled over into spring training is super weird. But yeah, so uh, we will not be on next week. Uh, maybe in two weeks when we record again, uh, or maybe uh, sometime after that. By then, Bryce Harper will probably be somewhere, uh, <laughs> and then we'll we'll talk about it some more, whether it's with the Dodgers or whether we have to talk about facing uh, the Dodgers facing Harper with the Phillies or the Giants, or if the Padres decide to give out their second 10-year, $300 million contract, who knows? But yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about in two weeks, so we'll see you then.